Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. There's no time for jokes. We're going straight in. Uh, Let's do it. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Tim. And we are the Two Drunk Accountants. And uh, we're back. You know, we were just saying off air that, you know, we feel like we're back after a big sort of break here. But um, but all you people out there in podcast land have been getting new episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we had a pretty intense week. Zero con Dan. Mm. And we recorded a lot of content. Mm. And then we've been releasing podcasts since that time. Um, so now it's time to do more work again and release more podcasts. Yeah, well, we should probably fill people in on what's been going on in our lives, Tim. What is, what the, Tim is the Tim and Dan Lowe? Tim, you're coming live from your house with some AirPods, and I think that's fairly representative of your life at the moment. <laughs> what's, what's, yeah, what's going on with I'm you? all over the place. I'm all over the place mm. at the moment. So we went away... Um, for a week to or five nights to Palm Cove, mm. and then we had a wedding for some good friends, which you were at also. Then you were the surprise celebrant at that. We'll get to that. We'll get to we'll that. We'll get to that mm. soon. Um, uh, so we're in Hamilton Island for a week. So I was away for almost two weeks, and we we're calling it like a baby moon, which is so relaxing. Um, but then you know you come back from holidays, and reality hits, <laughs> and. Uh, all of a sudden, you've got obstetrician appointments, scans. You booked a ticket to a concert six months ago, and you're like, oh, why did I do that on a Wednesday night in Sydney? Um, <laughs> maternity photo shoots, uh, birthing class. Mm. And I think I'm even forgetting something else that we did as well. So that's, that's all been in like the four days since we got back, which has been fantastic. Um, oh, and I bought a car. I bought a second car. <laughs> yeah. Which we can get to in the business update. Yeah. Um, you you, you we'll also, talk about that. You also are renovating your house. Yeah. We had a painter start this week, which mm. is cool. So I'm sitting in a nice, fumy, painted room. Mm. I don't know if you like the smell of paint or not, Dan. Uh, I don't half paint very often, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, the, like from, from an outside perspective, Tim, it just felt like you were wildly unprepared for the week that came at your, <laughs> your way. <laughs> but you handled it well. I, I really was. You handled yeah, it, it well. The, it was the public holiday on the Monday because it was the Labor, you know, public Labor weekend or whatever it is. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that kind of squeezed everything into the four days mm. that I also have work commitments. Mm. And then just playing catch up. Ah, just a... <laughs> Nightmarish week, yeah. nightmarish week, but we got through it. Lots of good stuff happening. Lots, so. of, lots of good stuff. And I think the exciting thing for me, Tim, is is like you're about to have a baby. Like it could be any day you could have a baby. That's <laughs> why know, it's that's intense. That's really like the root cause of your intensity at the moment is it's yes. all it's all push ahead because it is. any day you will have three people in your home. No pun intended, Dan, about push ahead because I did learn a lot about pushing yesterday at the birthing class. Pushing so, heads. Uh, which, did you, did you know, like, well, I don't know if all birthing classes are like this, but we did three hours yesterday. We're doing three hours again on Wednesday next week. 
and then six hours on the Sunday after that. Twelve hours of birthing classes, Dan. Twelve hours. Is it just like teaching you what to expect and the techniques for calming your breathing and pushing and that kind of stuff? Is that is that the idea? I guess there's all different types of classes you can do, but this mm. one's called um, Calm Birth. Mm. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's about like uh, – they don't call it meditation, but it's like mm. relaxation methods um, because I guess that's – a large part of birth is to relax and let your body do what it's doing. Mm. So, it was good. I did learn a lot. I really did learn a lot. Um, nice Bo- box breathing. During, you learned some I box breathing during the meditation. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you've had a big week. Yeah. <laughs> you know when, like, so, like the meditation, someone's talking you through it, mm. and then <clears throat> you're sort of listening, and your mind's going off in different places, and you bring it back to your meditation and your breathing mm. and then all of a sudden you just lose time for a second yeah and, you're <laughs> and like, like you, huh. you've skipped a few sentences in your mind <laughs> you're like oh whoa how did that happen yeah you you that entered nice, a, a state of relaxation tim that's what you did i did you hit the I flow did. yeah <laughs> well that's all exciting stuff mate i'm i'm you know, it's intense, but it, it, it is intense. There. It's fun to watch it from afar and, and see the excitement <laughs> swirling around because, um, yeah, it, it'll be showtime any day. It will. It will. Yes. So, uh, yeah, watch this space. Watch mm. this space. Then, uh, what about you, Dan? What's, what's you in the world of Wazzy Bono? <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I also went to Hamilton Island with with you yeah. and and a bunch of our mates for our friend's uh, wedding. And um, mm. as you alluded to, I, I was the surprise celebrant on the day. Yeah, and not just any, cool. not just any like, oh yeah, I get up there and say a few words. No, Tim, I am a registered <laughs> celebrant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like it takes like a year. To do or something. Yeah, so, it was a huge inconvenience. Chipping yeah, chipping away at that one in the background. I have. Oh. Yeah, I actually did it like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because their wedding, yeah, I had to be registered six months before their wedding to be able to do it or something, and then and then there has to be at least a month for some. Anyway, so I got it all done before their original wedding date. I haven't actually gotten to ask you this, so yeah. you know, now is as good a time as any, I yeah. suppose. With uh, our busy lives, Dan. Mm. So, what is involved in becoming a celebrant? Cool. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, you have to do essentially like a TAFE course. Um, wow. It's like an online six month thing, and you end up with a cert something in celebrancy. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of modules. And you've got to do all the modules and there's an assignment for each one. I think there's like 12 assignments. Um, The worst part of it um, is actually one of the assignments was a fake ceremony that you had to stage (laughs) that had to have 30 people in attendance. Oh my God. And, How and that? yeah, well, so here's the story. So our, our friends um, who I was the celebrant for, cause uh, Macca, shout out to Macca and Kate for getting married. Um, yeah. I've been Macca's best mate since we were born essentially. And, um, and I used to live with Brett and Kate for years. And um, mm. so, yeah, so they asked me to be their celebrant and they said, Oh, it's not that hard. There's an online course. We'll send you the link. We'll pay for it. <laughs> You've just got to do it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a course. Like, why wouldn't I do that? Um, yeah. And then when I researched the details, I was like, this is 
a lot bigger of, of an endeavor. Uh, anyway, um, so we had to do this fake. Just like a one hour webinar. Yeah. Well, the other thing that they didn't, they didn't want anyone to know. They wanted it to be a surprise for everybody on the day that, mm. that I was their seller. That's very hard. Yeah. That's very and hard. so not only did I have to do this course, but I had to do it in secret. Um, <laughs> so when we had to film with 30 people, um, by that point, they'd let it slip to a few people that this had happened, mostly their family members. Um, so, and because I was doing this during some of COVID, um, the rules around having people in person changed. I could just do it via Zoom for some. There, there had to be like 10 in person and the rest could be on Zoom, but oh, I had nice. to show that they were there. So I ended up just getting like some of Macca's workmates, um, <laughs> <laughs> their families, some of my oh. family, just to jump on Zoom and watch the ceremony. Um, and we had to just, like film it on a camera that they were watching and then film the whole ceremony. Um, <laughs> and then I also had to film a 15 minute interview with them as if I'm meeting them for the first time and explaining what the rules of oh marriage was and, and all these things. And, How awkward. Yeah. And then, so once I did the TAFE course and all of that stuff, took about six months to a year to get through all of that. Wow. Um, I then had to apply to be one, which I got. Um, <laughs> and pay the registration fee. And then there's like all these legal forms that I have to have and be registered in the different states to marry. And because they got married in Queensland, I had to be married, uh, registered in Queensland uh, as well as in New South Wales. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was an ordeal. I don't, if you ever want your friend to be your celebrant, um, just pay a real celebrant to do the legal bits <laughs> and get your friend to run the rest of the ceremony. Yeah. That's the yeah, best way to do it. That's a great call. But yeah. if you're out there and you're listening to this and, and um, you want me to be your celebrant, really well. we could we could we could give it away for as a <laughs> as a prize. Oh my god, imagine that. That'd be such a good yeah. um, two direct accountants giveaway. Be your celebrant at your wedding. Yeah, Tim will come. <laughs> He'll help MC the day. I'll do all the legal I'll bits. The, uh, I'll be the butler. Yeah, that's nice. half asleep because you slept two hours the night before. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be doing tequila shots for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, I think it went pretty well. I was nervous that I'd submitted all the forms wrong, but, but you know, it, it went fine. <laughs> Are they actually married? No. I don't know yet. Maybe. It's still, the application is still in progress. Um, I'm concerned that it's going to come oh back and um, they're like, no, you did this all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, nah, well, I can say it was was a really nice ceremony, Dan. You did very well. Thank you. Um, and yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I'd probably hire you. Yeah, great. Are you going to add it to your email signature? Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah, three in celebrancy or whatever. <laughs> do you have to do anything to upkeep it? Yeah, there's there's um, a registration <laughs> fee every year, and then yeah. there's um, ongoing professional development. There's like. Two half-hour webinars you've got to watch every year or something. Ah, uh, easy. I easy. think it's worth keeping because easy peasy. Well, then just imagine you can marry everyone's kids in twenty-five years' times. So worth it. Matt, <laughs> 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 nah, I, I reckon add something funny to your signature and be like, um, "I love business," and then in brackets or like put a little link, and then if people click on it, you can say. It'll go to a web page and they'll say, literally, I love business. That's why I became a wedding celebrant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Yeah. But um, no, nah, it all Somewhere. went well. So yeah, that, that, that's that's new in my life, but we should we should keep pushing on because we do have limited time, Tim, because you know, mm. you're know you a busy man with, with birthing classes and things. Um, uh, yeah. uh, business update. You've, what's, what's going on? Business update sponsored by Push. Cats. Thank you, Cats. 
The business update is don't use draft legislation <laughs> to make decisions in a rash way. And I'm speaking from experience here, Dan, because I went out and very exciting news to me. I bought a second car. Jed and I have been sharing a car for like the last 10 years. Yep. I swear. Um, which has worked fine because she works in Sydney or from home. So we have a train station right near our work. We can, we can make that work. There yeah. is times where it annoys friends, it annoys us. Mm. So anyway, it's nice to have the second car. Mm. And I thought, well, I've always been a fan of the Tesla. Mm. And hey, look at this draft ruling that's come out that hasn't passed through Parliament yet, but it probably will. Yep. About um, fringe benefits tax exemptions on electric vehicles. Yeah. No, well, you'd be dumb not to do it. It's meant to be. Yeah. It's meant to be. And, and, and so, the Teslas are, you know, the, the cheapest ones are, um, and, and, you know, not that badly priced actually compared to a lot of the no, new electric like, vehicles that are out there. They're actually cheaper. Yeah. For the, feature, yeah, for the features that you get, mm. like, which is essentially a car that can do a soft version of driving itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can pay to upgrade it to like full self-driving, which, you know, the jury's out on whether that's great or not. But, mm. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And the range is quite solid as well. Yeah. And it's like got a glass roof and like it's got everything you want. Anyway. It's, anyway. All, it's all good stuff. So I went and test drove a used one because new ones, you're waiting six to nine months right now. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. So I test drove a used one. It only has 3,000 kilometers. Mm. Um, and uh, it was basically as new. Um, it was 2021 make. And... Um, yeah, I decided to buy it uh, basically that day, which was, you know, a rash decision. But, hey, we did it. And then um, that night, I was like, hold on a second. I wonder if there's any weird rule in that ruling, which I had read through like six to eight weeks earlier. But if there's anything about used cars not counting. <laughs> and sure enough, uh <laughs> It, to count under the draft ruling as it stands right now, mm. you can buy used uh, electric vehicles or plug-in hybrids or hydrogen vehicles, um, but it had to be owned new for the first time, even if it was by a stranger or another business, has, has to have been owned new after the 1st of July, 2022. So it can't just be a new purchase for you as a used car. Um, after the 1st of July, 2022, needed to have been a new car for someone else after the 1st of July, 2022. Mm. So this car had a registration date of November, 2021. So I'm guessing it wasn't purchased new by its original owner after the 1st of July, 2022, which means I do not have a fringe benefits tax exempt vehicle. No, <laughs> which is which is a shame. <laughs> it is a shame. Because it, it's, it significantly changes the uh, calculations in, in, in how this thing is uh, is paid for. But um, but yeah, Look, no, that's, a good, it out. that's a good business update. I've gotten to the bottom of it. I'm just going to do a logbook. It's fine. Hmm. You know, I'll just cut my losses. In it. And, and, you know, in reality, I wanted a, I wanted a Tesla anyway hmm. for a long time. So, hmm. uh, you know... Really, my mistake was not ordering one six to nine months ago. Mm. But I probably would have never ordered a car without test driving one. Mm-hmm. So, so, anyway, there was my Cash 22. Big cautionary tale. Uh, don't make decisions in a day 
based on draft rulings that you mm. read two months ago uh, that have you know, small examples about things. I that, think, uh, yeah, untested. I'd like so. to roll that into the tight ass tip. I think it goes both ways. So, yeah. I think this is a joint yeah. business update and tight ass tip. Business update: um, secondhand mm-hmm. cars can be purchased, but only after the first of July, twenty twenty-two, according to the draft mm-hmm. rules. I mean, technically, technically, no car is FPT exempt at the moment because it's not law. Correct. Um, I, like even that's a joke. Mm. Like actually, this whole experience has made me realize um, this draft ruling is a complete shambles because we're now backdating it to the 1st of July, 2022. But in that time, people are making decisions and yeah. doing things. And I think you said that now so, they're talking about maybe removing the plug-in hybrid option, which is a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Because I want because a plug-in the opposition, hybrid. <laughs> yeah, the opposition is not keen on the bill at all, but mm. they're heavily questioning... Oh, the Greens are questioning whether the plug-in hybrid should be included because it still relies on petrol. They need to be a little bit more pragmatic, the Greens. Take small steps in the right direction. Anyway. Yeah, so anyway, watch this space. Watch this space. uh, I've got a Tesla. I'm going to do a logbook. And actually, it's made me think anyone who is going to rely on that exemption, this thing is only in place three years, this exemption. Mm. So do a logbook anyway. Do a logbook. Because if the rule changes or if the government decides to snip snap like they do, snip snap, then you've, you've, you've got a logbook. Mm. Otherwise, you're buying a 60 to 80 grand car mm. that is going to be very expensive for FBT if they change their mind or this draft ruling doesn't go through. Yep. It's good tight ass tip, Tim. Good advice. All right. Let's, let's keep pushing through. All right. We're going to move on because mm. today is book nuggets yummy yummy Yummy, yummy. get those book nuggets in my tummy tummy. actually you're gonna be singing a lot of these things you should know these songs tim you're gonna be very versed in the wiggles soon i'm actually sitting (laughs) to the propeller to the perp yeah you are Mm, it's a nice bassinet yeah it's good yeah there's the cot which apparently a lot of a lot of children don't end up sleeping in cots anyway Mm. they don't like them Anyway, we've got one. Hmm. All right, so let's let's move on. This is book nuggets. So the book today, Tim, is something that you posted uh, on our socials a couple of weeks back, and you said, "Hey, should we do this book mm. because I think it's pretty good?" And uh, the over the overwhelming response was, "Yes, you should do that book." So mm. I borrowed it from you. I read it. I need to give it back now because it's done. Yes. And good. and this book is Deep Work by Cal Deep Newport. Work. Yeah, it's. Like, we'll summarize it, and we'll go into detail on our thoughts. But overall, Dan, I thought it was deeply enjoyable. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the concept. Um, I really enjoyed the idea of what he was trying to get at. Um, He has a strange view on the internet. I'd like to know how old he is, because he seems to think that (laughs) people in business can can avoid the internet for long periods of time. (laughs) <laughs> which when, when all of your software is cloud-based is literally impossible. Um, so I have some thoughts on that, but, um, yeah. but, but, you know, I think the, the, the general idea and the concept of it is, is bang on and, and it's given me a lot of inspiration. So um, yeah. why don't we give a little summary about what, what it actually is? Yeah. Okay. Fire away. So essentially the idea, the central theme of the book is that we all, um, we're living in a distracted world. There's instant messaging, there's emails, there's constant interruptions. And Mm -hmm. what that means is we're all living in what he calls shallow work. 
mm. which is, yeah. um, you know, what you might think of as busy work, emails, responding yeah. to putting out fires, non-demanding cognitively, you know, basic mm. tasks. Um, Things that you can do whilst distracted. Exactly. I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in a way, like we're almost addicted to mm. doing shallow tasks yeah. because it's giving you those, um, I guess the endorphins mm. from like tick. Uh, I did that. Yeah. Like mm. needing that instant um, gratification of completing a task. You're like, yeah, I'm busy. I'm, I'm getting stuff done. But then like mm. you've actually in the big picture, not created any change difference or value in the world. Yeah. Because all you've done is reply to a couple of emails or... Yeah. And so he, his argument is that um, where all the value is created is, is through deep work. That's when you do your mm. best work. You, when you invent something new, when you mm. um, complete a big hard task, when you make differences is during deep work. And, and so yeah. we need to shift our focus away from the shallow work mm. back onto periods of deep work. But deep work isn't just something you can do. It is a skill that mm. you need to develop and hone. Um, and yeah, I really liked, so mm. I'm a bit of a, you know, just like you, Dan, I'm a maths guy and mm. um, yeah. a numbers guy. Yeah. And okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. I never did two units, but I did advanced maths. You, right, you, you did two units. You didn't do four unit, bruh. Oh, All that's right. right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just like totally goes to my point. But anyway, um, I liked that he had an equation. It was that high quality work produced equaled time spent multiplied by intensity of focus. Mm. I thought that was really cool because um, we always say work smarter, not harder. Mm. Like that's a, that's a common saying in our office and on the podcast. Yep. Um, and of course, you know, whatever industry you're in or whatever line of work you're in, you want to produce more high quality work. Mm. Um, but sometimes that feels like you have to work like 10 hour days. Um, if you don't want to do that, you could increase the intensity of your focus mm. and therefore spend less time to produce just as much or perhaps even more high quality work. Yeah. So I really like the equation and I think that gets to the root of what he's talking about yeah. in this book. Well, there, was, there was a few things in these opening chapters that really struck with me, and I wrote some notes. One was the, um, that instant messaging and constant emails within your office, which has been seen as these mm. great tools for communication in the office and collaboration, um, is really just the path of least resistance for your work. Yeah. Um, and if you make yourself available for smaller periods to the team, they might actually just be more organized. And I was like, huh. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. Um, and then, mm. and because of that, it's also become acceptable now to run your day from your email, um, which I equated back to the the four quadrants um, of yeah. like you know importance versus urgency. Um, it's and really, the deception. Yeah, mm. it's it's the quadrant of deception. If you're if you're running your day from your emails, really, what you're doing is just busy work or, or, or putting out fires, and you're not actually doing anything meaningful or valuable. So I was like, yeah, that's. Yeah. I, that, I definitely feel that in me. Well, yeah, I think like um, in quadrant three mm. of the achieve, I think that's the achiever matrix, right? Yep. So um, quadrant three is the quadrant of deception. And that's your emails, calls, things that seem important but aren't. Mm. Um, um, and they are urgent. 
Um, by spending time in that space, you're also going to be spending more time in quadrant one, which mm. is important and is urgent. Um, and that's when it's like really stressful because it's important things and they have to be done by tomorrow. Mm. And you don't have the, the, the time or the preparation or the system in place to get that sorted. So those two quadrants are going to stop you from working in quadrant two, mm. which is the quadrant of quality. Yeah. And that's what deep work is about. It's about living in that space. Um, which is going to feel so much better. Mm. And uh, like a big, big part of the first sec- section of the book is, is about like why you should work deeply. Mm. Um, and he explains, well, you know, it's valuable. So you can stand to make more economic reward. Yeah. Um, it's rare. So mm. you actually have an opportunity to stand out in the crowd. Yeah. Um, but I think like, and we talk about lifestyle a lot, Dan. Lifestyle is really hard to achieve if you're not feeling happy and fulfilled that's probably the biggest takeaway is that if you are not working deeply, if you're not making time to focus and, and do quality work, you're going to be missing out on the best reason why I think you should work deeply, which is because it's fulfilling. Um, yeah. I, I really liked that as well. He said, you know, a bunch of research around people actually being happier when they're, when they work deeply. And it's mainly because, you know, you, you're actually producing things and you're achieving and, and you're doing things that fill your bucket instead of the busy work, which yeah. is stressful and you're constantly putting out fires. Um, I really liked that as well. Me too. Um, I think, yeah, I, th- I think he, you know, just in the first two points alone that there's, there's, there's money to be made and that you can be rare and stand out mm. amongst your competitors or in your industry. They're good reasons, but they're not enough. The fulfilling aspect of it, but the filling your cup aspect of Mm. deep work is what really like that's what eventually hooked me onto like yeah i can relate to that Mm. because when i do this busy work email calls shallow meetings Mm. um i'm just i feel like washed out Mm. as a human being basically because i'm stuffed and i'm like wow i don't i can't remember what i actually got done in amongst all of that Mm. so so yeah Big fan of the concept. So, so I guess the that's the first section of the book. Dan, the, the next section is like how to work deeply. Yeah. Um, what did you What did you think about about his advice on how to work deeply? Yeah, there was a few things that I took out of here. So, essentially, the whole second part of the book is he sort of goes through a few different strategies um, around how to work deeply and, and different thoughts about it. But essentially, he had four kind of big over overriding rules. Uh, which was like work deeply, embrace boredom, quit social media and drain mm. the shallows. Yeah. Um, so that was all very interesting. The quit social media thing was quite interesting um, yeah. where he just kind of goes through like, if you think what you're saying out in the mm. world is valuable, quit it for 30 days and see if anyone <laughs> asks your opinion on it. <laughs> uh, like that was pretty funny. It was like, uh, if you just leave and no one says like, what's Dan's opinion on this? Um, yeah then like it doesn't matter. Um, you probably yeah. don't need to be doing it anymore. Um, or even, yeah, like, yeah, he had a good point. Um, you know, you might say, uh, I forget, I forget how he termed it, but, um, I think it was like the any benefit approach yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, where you're like, your argument is, well, I guess I'm benefit out of it. Mm. Uh, I get to <laughs> keep track of old friends that mm. I met once. Or, um, um, you know, keep social connections or mm. keep aware of events that are happening when really um, that's not actually creating that much value because mm. if you really value your social life 
get off Instagram, don't scroll for an hour in the morning and go and have a coffee with a friend instead yeah. or, uh, or do something social in real life. And that's going to create deeper social connections. So yeah, he, uh, he said basically, uh, unless you, unless your work really relies on social media, um, which there are some industries that do, uh, mm. that do not doubt that, um, then you probably need to consider deleting them or restricting your access to those yeah. apps. Yeah, I, th- I found that interesting um, and and it definitely made me think, like I, I don't use social media that much anyway, um, but it did make me think like, what could I restrict or, or what do I use it for or what do I need? He did say that, you know, this isn't for everybody. It's just this specific sort of circumstances that he's talking because mm-hmm. there's definitely is people who benefit from these uses. Like immediately I was thinking like an elderly person who's isolated social media yeah. might give them a sense of community or, or belonging or something. Sure. So that there is definitely not, this doesn't fit for everybody, but, um, sure. but yeah, as a general rule, I thought it was really good. Um, what I, what I found really interesting though, is the routines or, or the, the, mm. the way um, that he said that there was the different sort of philosophies around yeah. how to work the deeply. Depth philo- the depth philosophies. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I found those really interesting. So let's go through that. And there was four of them. Yeah, yeah, I've got them here as well. So yeah, there was the monastic, monastic yeah. philosophy, and this idea was you completely restrict yourself from all everything distracting and shallow, yeah. and you just go sit in an isolated place by yourself always. <laughs> was this appealing to you, Dan? It was not. It was appealing. It was appealing to me in in um, in short bursts. Uh, I, I yeah. was like. I'd like to do this for periods, definitely. So, which takes us to the second, which is bimodal. Which appealed so, to me much more. Um, that's shorter, short periods of all or nothing. Yeah, so um, this was approach. like you um, go and you go to a place for two weeks and restrict yourself and don't talk to the outside world and have distractions and work deeply on something for a short period and then you go back to your distracted life and then you go, you know, you just do that periodically. Um, I'm a fan of that. I really liked it. And I started thinking like, oh, I should do that. Like when I go to my brother's Mm. place in Queensland, I should just take off and work deeply for two weeks on on a project and then come back. Put an out of office on. Yeah. Put an out of office on. um, Change your voicemail. Tell the team you're not going to be available. Give them a warning, maybe a couple of weeks in advance. Yeah. Um, I'm going to work on this thing for a couple of weeks mm. and I won't be available. Um, So yeah, Mm. I, I really liked that. When, when I'm thinking about like trying to tackle big projects, um, yeah. that, sent, that really appealed to me. Um, yeah. But the next one was, was the one that probably more fits the day-to-day work. It was the rhythmic yeah. philosophy, yeah. which was um, mm. you have fixed times in your day every day that are for mm. deep work, and then you can go back to your distracted life outside of those hours. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's like trying to do it at the same time every day or, mm. or go for streaks. Yep. Um, uh, I actually thought it would, this is interesting. So you, you're probably going to do better with that approach, you know, moving forward, Dan, mm. um, for me, I'm probably going to have to try and use the fourth method, which is the journalistic philosophy <laughs> Yeah, because I'm going to have a new member of my family soon. And so, I'm going to have to try and fit deep work when, whenever and wherever I can. Yeah, you have to be um, flexible. And so, exactly. And so a good example of that 
he talks about um, Cal talks like that's his approach. Mm. Um, he even goes as far as when he goes for a run or a walk, he'll use that as like deliberation time. So he'll take mm. take a problem and use it to try and practice focusing. So it's almost like mindfulness. Too, yeah, he, he called it like productive meditation. Thing. Productive meditation. Yeah, I really. Love that. I think that's huge. And so far that's made me buy a Tesla. <laughs> yeah. I actually that's didn't. One of, that was one of my problems. Oh, I liked <laughs> it as an idea to solve problems. I didn't like it as an idea for meditation. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's, it's not like something you would sit down and do, but mm. like whilst you're already going for a run or, yeah. um, or doing something where you would otherwise just zone out and listen to music mm. or a podcast. Yeah. Um, you could potentially not every time, but every now and then pick something to try and focus your mind on. Mm. Um, because not only is that working in the present, like, like, like a computer, your brain's working through the problem, but then subconsciously later Mm. when you go to sleep and when you switch off, um, your brain will also be working through solving that problem. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So, yeah, no, that, mm. I, I did like that. But um, but yeah, so they're, they're the four sort of how to fit deep work into your life, either all or nothing or um, bursts of periods of full deep focus and then go back to the normal mm. or scheduled every day deep focus, which I think is what I'm going to try and do. Um, yeah. And then the journalistic, which is just when there's a 20-minute window, switch to deep work. But that's a skill that you've got to hone. And, mm. and develop. Um, I think that's sort of the yes. hardest one to to get good at. Um, True. But then, yeah, then he goes into a few other things that, that can help as well um, in mm. the book. One of the things mm-hmm. um, which I know you were sort of excited about, Tim, because one of the first things you told me um, was like, and it was like um, switching off Mm, and yeah. and and making sure that your idle time isn't focused on work because when you're having periods of deep focus it takes a lot of mental energy and it takes a lot yeah. of um your like just your energy so you need time to recharge which can't be focusing on those work things you need to go yeah. do something else and and recharge yeah. your batteries which which I thought is absolutely true like all these people who work a million yes. hours a day well, if you just deep worked for most of the day, you could go relax mm. the rest. <laughs> you could probably deep work for four hours yeah. and achieve just as much, perhaps even more, mm. um, because you would then be having proper downtime mm. um, in the evenings or, or in your day. Mm. Um, and there's been studies um, that show that um, he, I really like the study of testing people who walked in nature versus people who walked in the city. Yeah, I love that. Hour. Yeah, and how that affected their productivity, productivity and efficiency um, in working through like challenges, and the people who walked in nature were twenty percent more effective. Mm. And they even tested this um, in the middle of winter, um, people walking, you know, in freezing forest, weather in mm. the snow, and mm. they were freezing. So it has nothing to do with mood, just relaxing mm. in like a nice warm walk. It, it's it's just getting out in nature because. There's um, less distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in whereas in the city, you're having to make decisions to to stay alive, basically. Like, mm. do I cross this road or not? Which side do I pass this person? Mm. Um, which way do I need to turn next to get to my destination? 
And just by doing those things, your mind is actually fatiguing. Mm. Um, so interesting. So interesting. Yeah. No, I, I loved that as well. Um, because of, uh, after reading all of this, I, I have started like, um, cause he has a route. He's like, one of the ways to do it is at a certain time every day or, or when you finish work, whatever it is that you have a, a shutdown routine for your work. And like, yeah. you have a phrase that you say or some actions yeah. that you do. Um, What's your phrase going to be? Then? I'm not sure yet. Um, you know, maybe yabba dabba do. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm enjoy done. Burrito. Yeah, enjoy your burrito. <laughs> What's yours? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I'm going to come up with something. I'm going to come up with something good. What was that? that maybe. Go on. Sorry. Maybe I'll channel Jesse Pinkman mm. of um, Breaking Bad. Um, Breaking Bad. And I'll just be like, yeah, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, because, uh, but I, I do like this. And, and, and then he said, you know, go do other things that um, aren't work related that, that, you know, do some productive meditation or whatever it is. And even like play guitar was one of the things he said. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of that of a nighttime. I, I've learned five nice. new songs this week. That's awesome. Just that because I've just been sitting there not thinking about work or other things. Yeah, that's massive. I think I'm going to have to... Um, you know, real danger for me is the Outlook app on my phone. So I'm definitely going to have to change that. But I love, yeah, and it's been a crazy week. So I haven't been able to enact the structure like mm-hmm. I wanted to. But, um, but yeah, I think it, it, it's so true. Like, don't open your emails mm-hmm. after, say, 5 30 every mm-hmm. day. You finish your shutdown ritual. Mm-hmm. Your mind will be at ease knowing that all your tasks are fine. Mm-hmm. Everything is planned for the next day. There's no surprise that's going to pop up. Um, and you'll actually be able to have proper downtime, which means tomorrow you're going to be able to smash out so much more quality work mm. um, in less time. Yeah. So, yeah. it's, it's Absolutely. Cool. So, the, the actions that I've taken from this book and the things that I'm going to be implementing just to give people an idea is, yeah, for certain days of the week, and I'm thinking Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, Mm-hmm. Um, are going to be sections of those days will be deep work a lot of times where my phone will be off, my emails will be off, my teams will be off and no one can come talk to me because I'm just focusing on a project for like four hours at a time. Um, yes. And so I'm going to do, I'm going to implement that into my week already. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be doing a nighttime routine where I switch off everything nice. Um, nice. at a certain time and, and say it's showtime or whatever I come up with. <laughs> um <laughs> and um, I'm going to, I love walking. So I'm going to start trying to do some more walks where nice. I'm living at the moment. There's not a lot of nature where I want to walk. Oh, I could go walk on the golf course. Just go walk 100%. on the golf course. Hey, the golf course is amazing to walk on. Mm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to try and do that. What are you implementing, Tim? Yeah, I'm going to try and do the journalistic approach mm. because I don't think I'm going to have much structure, mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, for a little while. So, so yeah, I'm going to definitely still schedule my day every morning. I'm going to keep a good task list so that as new things pop up, I can get them straight out of my mind into a list mm. with a deadline. I'm going to do the shutdown um, routine and then I'm definitely going to do that productive meditation. I already have. Mm. There's definitely reaping rewards. Um um, so yeah, 
Uh, I've got to go back and make a few more notes from the book and yep. take some more things out of it. But oh, another thing I'm considering is revolutionizing my email and my bookings availability. I've got, so, so I, I've already limited my bookings availability in the app, but I do yes. have some ideas about the email I, I, I want to go through with you. Mm. Yeah. So I don't want to be as available mm. to the entire world via email because I'm just diluting my value. Um, look, I, I'll be there. And I, I just want to make it a little harder for people who are sending me emails mm. to get a hold of me, which seems like a really reverse, like negative thing to do. Mm. But I think it's important because I want to produce high quality work. I yeah. want to produce more of it. And so I think he, he argues that you're going to, yeah, it, it might seem like you're giving them less value, but you're actually going to give them more value in the time that you can concentrate on their things. So, yeah. um, actually, Heather Smith talked about this. Shout out to Heather. Mm. She was, she was on the money. With yeah, that. have this coming back on the yeah. podcast in about a month's time. So that'll be good. Hopefully I'll be there. Yeah. Maybe I won't. Maybe you won't. Um, cool. All right. Well, that ends our discussion about Deep Work by Cal Newport. I read it. Go read it. Cool. All right. Um, any quick other thing, Tim, that you want to mention? Mm, Essendon did get a new coach and it's Brad Scott. Nah. And I'm happy about that. That's a tick. And then we had a CEO for a day. And then as it turned out, he's also on the board of a church that has some weird views. So then he resigned within 24 hours of being appointed. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So a bit of a shambles on old Essendon. Mm. What about you, Dan? Any other things? Um, Sup boarding is fun. (laughs) And I'm going to buy a sup board. Um, Not a catamaran? No, I, I do want a catamaran. I'm a natural sailor. I don't know if you know that, Tim. Um, <laughs> just watching people from afar, I knew what I was doing. So that's a story for, for next week, maybe, that we can tell. Yeah, sounds good. I cool. Like it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch, two drunk podcast at gmail.com, at two drunk accountants and all the socials, uh, two drunk accountants.com.au, our website. Um, yeah, send us a message. Tell us what you think about deep work because we've gotten a lot yeah. out of it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will catch you later. Enjoy your burrito.